0: This is the coming home podcast with John Allen. And welcome everybody to this episode of the coming home podcast with John Allen. And in all honesty, I had to do a real a redo on the introduction here. I messed up. Uh, but I'm happy to be doing this with Miss Lexi Corin. This is my first video podcast. And now again, welcome. This is the real welcome this time. Hi, Lexi.
1: <laughs> Hi, John. Thanks yeah. again.
0: <laughs> yeah, again, yeah. <laughs> um, hey, you know, te- technical technical things are not my forte. So we'll just take we'll we'll take the mistakes as they come.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, we're all trying all these new things, right? Trying to innovate yeah. and uh, communicate uh, as best as we can with whatever it is that we have near.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and, you know, and speaking of that, today is the first day of a new round of shutdowns in Mm -hmm. my city. Uh, You're in Oslo. Uh, You guys have had a little bit rougher than us, but uh, I guess it is a sign of the times. Now there's a shutdown where I am here in Drummond. I don't think, um, I'm thinking optimistically, I don't think things are going to get out of control. Um, I think people are going to do the right thing. I think people are very tired. Of the corona situation and because of that they're going to do the right thing and i think we're going to be back on our feet to a uh, somewhat normal life in not too long what do you think am i am i am i
1: naive i i sort of don't want to kill your optimism but <laughs> i'm not as optimistic as you oh you killed my optimism <laughs>
0: oh no <laughs> yeah but you know what uh, okay yeah but the, i can't argue with you because I, I can't help but think positive, but the reality of it is, is COVID is no joke and we have these new variants coming mm-hmm. out and, and, and nobody really knows how rough it's going to be. So I guess we just kind of have to take it as it comes.
1: Well, yes and no. I think there's something something else that we need to take into consideration as well, and and it is the the, the structures that make the the infection happen more quickly like say for instance in the east of oslo uh, the infection rates have gone up and it's not because people don't care or people are, uh yeah don't have enough information or the information is getting out there now it was it's a bit late but it's getting out there now but it's because if you think about people have their essential workers they get low wages, they live together in in crowded spaces. Of course, it's going to be difficult to control the the, the infection rates. So maybe we need to look at the social structures behind um, the pandemic. What is, I mean, other people can, they can isolate. I'm lucky enough to be in a big house where I don't have to, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't meet many other people, although I would love to, <laughs> as we, as would we all. Uh, but I have that privilege, and other people don't.
0: You know, and everyone, uh, I, I guess, it is a certain amount of realism in the statement that Norway is a nation of equals, but at the same time as we see now, it's not totally equal. There are some people who are uh, affected in a more profound manner. There are social differences. Where would you say Norway is uh, in the state of things when it comes to social equality? I know this is something that you believe strongly, and as do I. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about that for a little. Where, where are, Where is Norway when it comes to social justice and social equality?
1: I think, I mean, if we compare Norway to other countries, of course, it's going to be, far more better uh, i mean far better for many people here but if we look at um at the way it's been developing uh, then you will see that norway has a problem with cognitive dissonance and uh, i know it's controversial to say this because on the one hand you have this illusion that we have a welfare state that provides for everyone and and on the other side it's dismantled it's being dismantled uh, all the like social services, um, and all kinds of, of um, measures that were in place to take care of its citizens, it has now changed and um, doesn't exist anymore in the way that it, it used to when I was growing up here. How has um, it
0: changed from the time when you've, uh, now I, I've been here almost 20 years, hmm. and while I'm I'm not in, under any doubt that, that things have changed as far as the social welfare system, I never knew very much about the social welfare system, so those changes or the degradation of the social system in Norway has kind of passed me by, I haven't noticed it, but how would you put words on um, these negative changes?
1: Um, I'd say it started with a common vision, so after the war the, the country wanted to take care of its citizens. We were all in it together. It's that, that word dugnad that comes up here, which is you know, taking one for the team or doing something. I don't know how you would say that in English, uh, dugnad.
0: Yeah, you know, what? there really is no word or concept for that. I guess the best way to say it is it's, it's the spirit of, of collective work, the spirit of volunteering right. your services for the greater society.
1: Right, so it, that that's that's sort of been part of the of the language since the post-war era, where you wanted to create a fairer society, and then oil came, and that made it possible, and and a, a redistribution of, of, of wealth, and, and it was uh, uh, and it was a very a, a very lovely idea, and it worked for a while and then individualism comes in right and that's where this is like it's not just norway but the entire world and and the human race it lives between this conundrum of the collective collectivization of of uh, uh, responsibilities and then individualism that sort of starts crashing at some point. and then individualism start taking over uh, in the 90s 80s 90s and then and then you get in The language stays, so the idea and the the idea of uh, uh, fellowship, uh, the
0: community. The common good, the common effort, the the collective effort.
1: Right? That, That stays, just the language of it. But then you start taking, you start putting in managers, so you start putting in middle management here middle management there compartmentalizing mm. it and then dehumanizing it so the person that is coming to get services because they're in a you know a difficult situation are no longer facing a, a, another human being who's going to help your fellow citizen which is part of that, of that i concept the original concept but instead it's you met, you become a number and that yes. number you go through a a, a series of protocols and, and forms that you have to fill out. And then you don't get to meet another human being, but instead you're in front of a computer pressing buttons. And that creates a dehumanization. Uh, and it's already difficult enough to be in a hard, hard life situation. And when you put that, when the state that has power puts that onto you, then, I mean, what, what does that do to your mental health, to your belief in the system, to your belief in politicians? So these are the thoughts that I'm sitting around when I'm thinking about the pandemic and how we're going to move forward.
0: I I think of Norway as this land where, you know, we don't have to worry very much about losing our job. We don't have to worry so much about going hungry. Uh, You know, there is a safety net there and the fall into that safety net is not very far. We're very well supported financially, economically here. But at the same time, people are suffering mentally um, because of these different uh, changes in the way Norwegian society has to function over this past year. Um, and I have to wonder—they're putting, as you say, they're putting focus where it needs to be. You know, so we have this this common. This common good, this common safety net. But yes, they are overlooking the individual. I think they're looking at it like, well, we have to make sure everybody has enough money and everybody's job is secure and the children are taken care of. But they're forgetting about that individual, the individual who maybe before the pandemic started was getting uh, uh, psychological treatment, you know, counseling or something like that. And now maybe that counseling has stopped for that individual. Mm. But the greater system is not really doing anything to 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 pick up the slack in that area if you will so maybe maybe the common good here in norway is too common or they expect it to be too common they expect for that uniform uh, that uniform method of support to 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 work for every individual that's just not the case Hmm. yeah and that's not to say and that's not to say that norway is not functioning better than for example the united states because of course it is it's it's been horrible well, you know things are getting better back home in the states, but 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 it's it, it it was quite horrible at some point, and I don't think we can say that on a national level it's horrible here in Norway. But there are things that could be done better. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree with you, um, to to some extent. <laughs> but uh... ah.
0: can you can you disagree with me, please? <laughs> I, I have to say this. Okay, you you are the first guest that I have on a, on my video podcast, but I was supposed to have uh i'll call him a gentleman (laughs) that i was supposed to have yesterday and he's a he's a rather significant political figure uh here in norway uh and he chickened out at the last minute (laughs) and i was looking forward to it because he is a he's quite the right leaning leaning figure all
1: right
0: whereas i'm more center left and we were we had you know there was no animosity between he and i but we had planned to talk about the things we disagree on Hmm. So so, so when you say that you kind of agree with what I say, I'm saying, yeah, okay, give it to me. Give me the disagreement then. Let's have the argument now that I should have had yesterday with that guy.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure I want to argue with, with no, Yama. I'm, I'm, no. I'm a lover, not a fighter.
0: <laughs> so, so am I. For, first first said by Michael Jackson, and then you and then me. I'm a lover, not there a fighter. <laughs>
1: no, well, but I, I agree with that. Uh, there is a system that expects you to fit into it like yeah. that right that, that. Yeah. and um, and then individual needs yes and, the, and I think that's part of the dehumanization process as well. Yes. the fact that you are not met where you are because you can't be met where you are you're a number now yeah. <laughs> yeah. how can you be met? Uh, right. and and that's also a, that's a ticking bomb the mental health situation here uh, well everywhere really because the yeah. the isolation is a killer that is the the, is. the worst thing for for our well-being we are creatures that need to bond we are creatures we we need to socialize we i remember like last year there was a point uh, a friend and i uh, were told off for for moving our hips we were basically just Standing or sitting by the by a a, a table and chair like high rise uh, table chair. So we, yeah. and they were playing live music. A friend of ours playing live music, and I can't. I don't know about you, but when music starts, I start moving my hips, and I just can't control it. We got I don't even off. hear
0: any music right now. I just see you dancing in your chair and I started tapping my foot right away. So yeah, <laughs> I get it.
1: There you go. So, so we were doing that and then we, we got told off and then in my head it was like, what? wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, back up. What did they say?
0: So what I did dis- they say to you?
1: They basically told us that if we didn't stop dancing, we had to leave. And we're like, we're not. You're kidding me. We're not dancing. I'm just here. <laughs> But what Uh, kind of a
0: music venue, what kind of a music venue would tell the patrons not to dance? I don't understand that.
1: Well, there was a thing that came out last year when they were, when the bars were still open, um, that you couldn't, that you couldn't do that, you couldn't stand and you couldn't dance. Was Uh, it that
0: strict that you couldn't even, wow.
1: Yeah. So, um, so it does, I mean. moving as part of, uh, as part of yes, what I is. need to, 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 to feel alive, right? Yeah, so suddenly yeah. we're not allowed, so we can't hug, and, and a lot of this is really understandable. I mean, okay, so if you, you, it's through contact that you, you sure. can get infected. But the, the, the fact that you can't dance, you can't sing, there was this choir that they all got infected, and even if they were standing few meters apart and singing yeah. because of the droplets, yeah. So it's like, okay, you can't sing, you can't dance, you can't hug, you can't, uh, what is it that you can do? So you start going inwards, inwards, and then you see all this fear and devastation around you all the time. And, and all the, the press conferences that you get every other day, and, and things are yeah. changing around you, you, you. We need a safe space. Basically, every human being needs a secure base to, to ground, to restore, and then to, to go out and venture out to the world again but that's when your home becomes your doesn't it it's sort of this, this, this it becomes a war zone if 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 you have a war zone in your head so it's it's, it's well, very yeah, challenging it become, right? yeah
0: yeah the home becomes it it, it, more, it metamorphosizes into something you know from the home atmosphere to almost like a bunker Right? atmosphere, you know, in a war, you know, in a war zone, or at least to protect you from the war zone. And mm-hmm. that's not what a home is supposed to be. I find myself trying to find the happy medium because mm-hmm. I'm both extremely sociable, you know, an, an extrovert, but at the same time, I'm incredibly introverted and shy and, and, and extremely protective of my private life. So I have that duality there. Mm. And the funny thing is, and I'm not a Gemini either. I'm a Taurus, <laughs> but I have that, but I have that, that duality. And I find myself oddly at ease during this past year. Hmm. I see how other people are suffering and I've, I've, act- I've, you know, I've done things to try and identify with that. I've done things to, to, uh, hopefully comfort some people some friends and acquaintances that i have so i see what's happening i see how people are suffering but i have found an odd comfort an odd
1: mm-hmm.
0: peace not quite a stasis but a a lack of pressure <laughs> is what i have felt over this past year I felt a lot of other things, among them a neck operation, but oh. I have also felt, yeah, it's, it's awful. You see, I'm kind of stiff and I'm wearing yeah. the turtleneck shirt and everything, but, um, but I've, seen, I've felt this, this odd sense of, of settling in mm. and, and comfort with the situation. And I wonder what is that all about? What would you say to me if I came to you? You know, you are the, you are the therapist and I came to you and I were to say, I'm, I feel strange. I feel almost guilty because I feel so much at peace over this past year Mm. while my friends and acquaintances and fellow countrymen and fellow uh citizens of Norway and back home are suffering what would you say to me if I told you I was struggling with that
1: so you are you struggling with guilt is that what you're saying kind of okay it just it that reminds me I'm not going to give you a therapy session here but it it does make me think uh (laughs) about survivors guilt
0: um is that is that the same kind of thing isn't it really. Yeah. It's.
1: It, I wouldn't say it's the same, but it makes me think of that because, um, there's a well. You you're saying that you're struggling with the guilt of ev- everything being so difficult for other people, but you having some sort of.
0: I guess I that. say. I guess I say guilt in the interest of of playing the devil's advocate. Okay. You know, to put a to put a a spotlight on that issue. I don't exactly feel guilty personally, but let's say that I know people who, who are, you know, mm. I, as, as, as isolated as I've been, I've been active. My ears have been active and my mouth mm. has been active. I've been talking and listening to a lot of people and there are people who are struggling with a yeah. sense of guilt that mm. they're actually doing okay.
1: Mm. I, yeah. I think everyone copes the way they can. We're doing, everyone's yeah. doing the best they can right now. And, and it's, it's important not to berate ourselves for whatever it is that we're feeling. And, and some of us enjoy the solitude and feel, you know, because the, the, the world, the world before the, the pandemic was, was very stressful. We had all these deadlines to, to do all this pressure to achieve. And suddenly that all stopped. And to many that may have given us a break. Yeah. Given us a break from all the pressures of life. So if you can yeah. enjoy that, if you can feel calm, good on you. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. and remember some of So that I'm not as an well. ass I'm not an asshole for feeling I'm not an asshole for feeling okay. <laughs> no, not for that. So <laughs> <speak>. <laughs> not for that reason. <laughs> but speaking of being an no, no. <laughs> oh no. No, it's
0: um How, how does, uh, how does this, uh, this round of shutdowns, how has this affected your, uh, your work as a therapist? Are people, are are people, is it easier for people to come to you or have people really withdrawn and you're seeing fewer clients? I don't Mm -hmm. need, I don't want to get into your financial personal business, but just, you know, in general, as a therapist, how has things been? How have things been with people?
1: uh there, there is a lot of people need at this moment there's a lot of uh requests um yeah. to have somebody to talk to um yeah. and i see i see individuals and couples as well so uh this obviously affects relationships sure and sure um, somebody who maybe
0: has a boyfriend or girlfriend who does not live with them for I would his, imagine they would struggle thing. when there's quarantine issues and things like that. See, I have my wife and we have our two mm. kids, so I'm okay. I have, <laughs> yeah, they talk too much. I'll put it to <laughs> you that way. <laughs> so I have people to talk with, but I think of those who are either single or maybe they're in a relationship, but they don't live together.
1: Mm.
0: That could be an unhealthy amount of alone time without any touch, yeah. without any real face-to-face communication Mm. uh, that's unthinkable to me as much as i value my mm, alone time
1: mm. (laughs) it's important it's important to have alone time but um but 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 you have to
0: have contact as well you have to have someone to touch and Mm. and and be touched by and someone to speak to and and you feel their physical presence right there it's one thing you know this is nice over Mm. a screen but Mm. you have to have that person there and i and not everybody can have that a lot of people have had that cut off over the last year.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it, it's it's not easy. However, there are creative ways to to generate spaces that makes you feel connected to another person or other people. And How do you do that? Well, you can create. Uh, you can have dates online. You but make sure that you you put that you put that space. You know, you can decorate around yourself. You can make a big deal out of it put a bit of theatrics or you can watch something okay. online together at the same time and be in a comment together. I know it's not the same. It's not, you can't compare it, but it is when you put it's time than aside, nothing, exactly. You put time aside to spend time together like that. It could be very beneficial for the relationship. Also, there's something really good, like for single people who are meeting people online and, and before perhaps it would be much quicker. So you, you, you jump into it right away, and, but, but now you have the time to actually get to know the person through conversation, and it can create a whole different level of intimacy uh, that may not have been possible before.
0: You know what, I was thinking of exactly that just a few days ago, that whole thing with online dating. I have zero experience with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand exactly how it's done, but I was thinking about people who do do that um where you have a year or maybe more you know, we'll have to see how long these these corona times go but let's say you have 18 months of getting to know someone strictly online mm. and then all of a sudden the coronavirus is under control and you have the opportunity to meet that person can you imagine what a meeting that will be mm. after after you've used you know 12, 14, 18 months to actually get to know someone and possibly fall in love with them or at least begin to fall in love with them. And then after all that building up of positive tension, boom, after so long you finally get to meet them. Hmm. Oh, yeah, like- I just I just was running that thought through my head. It's just what a nice experience that could be.
1: Right? It's a little bit like um the John Austen style, uh old school promenade Bridgerton. I don't know. <laughs> so- yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you do, you can factor in sexy time in there. Um, there is. I would imagine yeah. you could, yes, yes, yeah. easily, easily. I mean you have screens and all of but, that, but, sorry, Sean?
0: No, I was going to say, but uh, p- part of the reason uh, that I didn't have that politician on yesterday was that he was a little wary of, you know, I had to send you a link so that you could connect into the server. Mm -hmm. And he was, he was kind of, let's call it excessively net savvy. Mm -hmm. It's where he was, he wasn't really quite that comfortable coming on video and and using an external server link and things like that. And Mm -hmm. I wonder how that filters out throughout society with the thought of people actually going on camera to have a sexual experience with a potential, well, I guess they are a partner if they're on camera, having a sexual experience together. But I wonder how much of a hindrance that is for people.
1: I don't actually think it is. Uh, in fact, I no? think it's the other way around, especially when it comes to uh, undesired dick pics. Uh, that, that is something uh, that happens a lot. And, 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 and this is the, the part where I talk about uh, consent. I think we need to have that conversation. Do I want that picture? Is it okay? Or is it okay if I send you this picture? Have a conversation around that. And then, and then, pictures like that should never be shared. Then to other people. That should be like, and it is illegal as well. So sure. So but I, I guess a lot of social
0: people. mores. Mm-hmm. I guess a lot of social mores are now being uh, adjusted to fit into this net society that we've kind of all been forced into because of COVID. I guess um, if you are a healthy thinking man and you understand that you can't unzip your pants and show your dick and balls to a woman in public, I guess that same healthy thinking man (laughs) would understand it. You have to ask the lady before you send her a photo or a film of that. Online right? I mean, I guess it's the, it's the same kind of morality. It's the, the same kind of politeness It's the same kind of respect, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Oh, I wish people would understand that but that's a great <laughs> way of putting it exactly I mean you wouldn't do that out in public would you and no, uh, so no. why is it okay to? To just do that to send to send random to send it to random women sometimes um, it happens I've never
0: understood that I've I've never understood that because any guy who does that they end up getting ridiculed. Don't they understand that they are going to be made fun of? There's, there's, I've never met a woman who has said that she gets pleasure out of a dick pic from a stranger.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that's true. But then again, Although,
0: mm -hmm. Yeah. Although, although I just to continue on that, that thought, I'm, I'm, I'm just running a chain of thought here. Although I see the money making, capabilities. From what I understand, on only OnlyFans, mm-hmm. I don't know if you have yeah, only, everybody knows what OnlyFans is. Yeah. There are some strange things on there. So maybe that could be an outlet for these men who feel like they have to send dick pics to strangers. Just raise up an OnlyFans page, put your dick pics there, and maybe, maybe somebody will pay you for it.
1: <laughs> I think and then you're yeah. killing two
0: birds with one stone. You're making a living, but you're also saving these women pr- from being victims of your horrible looking penis.
1: <laughs> Business win win. No, I think <laughs> I think actually that the action of sending a dick pic has to do with power. And, and I think so. Assessing. Yes. Yeah. So showing your, your power in a, in a twisted way.
0: I used to think that it was men who were insecure, but it's, it's, I think it's the opposite. I think it's men who have a, an overinflated sense of self-assuredness and power. And they think that they are give, you know, I, I'm, she wants this, yeah. know, I'm just going to do it. You know, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't understand that. I really don't understand that. Thank
1: you. Oh, it's very entitled behavior, but that doesn't, I mean, it is. yeah, uh, but, but, but going back to the dating thing, um, if, I mean, there's an incredible amount of people who do that, but when you when you have a, the the conversation before that, it can be quite it can be quite sexy, quite quite uh, lovely to to be getting sexy pictures from the the people that you that you like, and the problem is that a lot of a lot of pictures of females nudes are are being leaked, and and that is another that's another power thing, right? So yes. the, the, the guy get, the, the, the relationship doesn't work, then the guy leaks the picture of, of the girl. This is assuming is a, a hetero relationship, which is mostly the case when it has been like that. So uh, power yeah. dynamics are things to be explored and, and abuses of power as well. Um,
0: yeah. I'm thinking about the level of trust that a woman must have in a guy to engage in an online relationship period mm-hmm. but especially to take that online relationship a step further to where you're actually sharing intimate time online you know whether it's photos or mm-hmm. video or, or both what an extraordinary amount of trust that woman has to have in that guy mm-hmm. and, well actually and vice versa yeah, and vice yeah. versa there just has to be a, a, a Maybe, and I'm not saying I'm anti-online dating or anything. I just don't understand it. But maybe the act of online dating involves more trust than you have to have for, you know, regular, regular offline dating. I don't want to use the word regular. Let's say offline dating. Okay. Maybe you have to have more trust to do online dating than you do offline dating. I don't know. What do you think?
1: I'm not so sure about that because um, if you... D- Do offline, I mean, uh, up until now, online dating has been a sort of, just a place where you meet someone, just like you would in a bar or in a restaurant or, uh, no, you don't meet people at restaurants, do you? But anyway, more, more social Uh, and like, like just a starting point, a meeting point, and then you take it offline. Uh, But now because of, because of the pandemic, uh, a lot of people- Now it stays online. Now it stays online for a while and uh, and i think that builds up the trust if you can have that communication and intimacy uh but it there's always we never know we never know what's going to be on the other side that
0: that's that i can remember so, yeah i can remember when i first met snoopy my mm-hmm. wife we um she had come to chicago to visit our common friend that she and i have and we met uh we hung out for a couple couple weeks two and a half weeks and started to get to know each other and then this was back in the early days of of uh you know of of online chatting you know this is right around 2000 roughly was it 99 maybe 1999 2000 this is the early days of the internet and, and online chatting and whatnot and i can remember talking to her and seeing her sitting there talking back at me. And it had a different kind of intensity.
1: Hmm. What way?
0: Well, of course, when I met her, I was attracted to her in in all ways. And in among those ways was the physical attraction.
1: Hmm.
0: And I can remember sitting there talking to her on, you know, through this video chat. And just wishing with all my hmm. might that I could have that physical connection, because you know, again, back then this was in the early days of being able to chat through video online, so it was a really weird, almost a, a futuristic concept. <laughs> so there was that element in it that it was like, "Oh wow, I'm actually seeing her." But then the 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 hope, the desire, desire yes, is that a good desire. word? The desire exactly the the desire to actually be there. And she said this to me since then as well, that it was such a intense, you know, it was kind of like a, a continuance of us getting to know each other. Mm, after yeah. we had spent those couple of weeks originally, and then an, another month or so of, of online chat, and it just built our connection built our expectations. Yes. You know what I mean? It was yeah. this build up to when we would see each other again. So as much as I say, and I've said this so many times on my podcast, I think I've said it to you on just about every episode I've had with you, we get into this mm. online dating uh, issue in to, to, to greater or lesser depth. But I've always said that it's such a strange thing to me. But again, it's just fallen into my head mm. that the beginning of my relationship with Snoopy, at least part of it was online chatting, video chatting.
1: Voila, so you've done it. <laughs>
0: I've done that,
1: <laughs> but there's something really beautiful there about harnessing the power of the erotic. So this is this is erotic energy that you were building on, and you both participating in that, but holding and suspending, and, and and you know having that that breath there of anticipation well, and, and expectation, and it can be quite exquisite, quite beautiful. And and I think we need to play more with that because something that something that happened. Uh, up until now, is is that it, we need to do it's instant gratification. Okay, I want ah. it. I get it. I want it. I get it. And then we lose the in between. Porn addicts. Yes. Porn addicts. Right. Yep. So you 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 lose the the erotic, and then and and you become pornified. Everything is pornification. Uh, the, your desire becomes uh, its fortification, You're, and then and we lose the, the connection with ourselves. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't watch porn. And there's lots of really good ethical porn out there. Um, sure, sure. Uh, but, well, I heard I heard
0: Pornhub. I heard Pornhub really cleaned up their site. Uh, it was all over the news. In fact, you know, mainstream news that they um, they got rid of. They jettisoned. A good percentage of their videos, because they were not verified, um, uh, authentic Pornhub accounts. In other words, they could be from some crime syndicate or maybe a, a trafficking mm. league or something. So yep. they, 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 I guess there's a certain amount of vetting in their acceptance of, of of regular Pornhub contributors. But a bunch of videos were kicked out to make it more. Legitimate, if I can use that word, to make it more healthy, to make sure that there was consent hmm. from all parties.
1: Yeah, um, I'm still, which was an
0: interesting thing. So, yeah. in, so in, in other words, porn, online porn, it appears to be taking steps towards becoming more healthy and more ethical.
1: It's it's got a long way to go though, because it it porn it, does, hub, it goes sure. so quickly and it's all everything is clickbait, right? And the more yeah. the more addicted you become to it, the more extreme you're gonna. You're going to want the the violence to go and 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 that's the thing that makes people stay engaged and that's the thing that makes money so but well mm -hmm. well yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i guess i guess the
0: the you know there's always going to be addiction to porn whether that porn is clean and and everyone has consented to you know all the all the actors actresses participants have consented the viewer will still have that potential to be addicted to it but i guess what i'm touching on is the fact that they're trying to make that the, the filming aspect of, you know, they're trying to make the content more ethically mm-hmm. produced. In other words, they're trying to step in and clean up in the allegations of, of women being, uh, filmed against their will, mm-hmm. uh, underage mm-hmm. porn actresses and things like that. It, it appears from what I saw in these news blurbs, that Pornhub <coughs> is trying to clean up in yeah. that
1: aspect. I, would, I wouldn't say underage porn actresses, I would say victims of child trafficking children. and rape and children. Yeah. Let's say
0: it the way it is. Yeah. Good, thank you for that. that yeah. you're, you're right, let's say mm. it. Let's put a spotlight on exactly what it is. Mm. Child rape and yeah. uh, and child trafficking, absolutely.
1: Right. So but so I, I'd rather move, in, instead of hoping for Pornhub to change, I'd rather move my okay. attention to Erotic filmmakers that are uh, actually doing the work, and they have been from the beginning, like uh, Erica Lust uh, or um, the company called Valesa. I'm not affiliated by, with any of these, just so you know. No, no. no. <laughs> but um, uh, just watch Valesa. it from time to time. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, especially Erica Lust. Her videos, that it, her work is, it's, it's art. Um, the kind of stories that they get in there, the type of bodies and the representation and the and the cinematic artistry is just gorgeous. It's delicious. It, it, it's erotic. It's not just pornographic, but it's also erotic because it stimulates all the senses and it makes you participate. So, does she
0: make these films? Does she make these films independently? Is yes. she, does she have a hand in the actual production of it? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, but see, mm-hmm. but that's that's kind of what I'm talking about. What Pornhub is actually doing. They're getting rid of the opportunity, or they're trying to to get in the way of, um, you know, Joe Blow with a dirty mind and a sixteen-year-old sex slave mm. putting up a video. Uh, Pornhub has, from what I understood, taken concrete steps towards stopping that, so that people like Erica Lust mm. have more of a spotlight and the people who are less professional less ethical uh you know not following the rules breaking the law hurting people that those people don't have the same access into hmm. uploading videos on pornhub like they used to yeah and again i don't know the details this is this is just a series of i want to say it was maybe six months ago a series of, of 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 news media blurbs came out that pornhub had done this
1: yeah yeah, yeah i still go over to erica las's web page and 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 Support that instead of, of going to to Pornhub, definitely much more is fulfilling. It,
0: hmm? Is it porn? Is it porn more from the female point of view? Because that is a different kind of porn video when it's from the female point of view. Is is Erica Lust more in that line of porn? It, or?
1: it is. Uh, I think it's more diverse. You you get okay. um all kinds of, uh, all kinds of bodies, all kinds of ways of, of having sex. It not, it's not just the, the thing about uh, uh, re- regular porn is that it is, it's the, it's co- constantly the male gaze, right? It's that the, uh, the penetration. I'm going to conquer and penetrate, conquer, penetrate, from, And it is, uh, it's that kind of thinking. That's not life. Exactly, that kind of thinking oh. has you know, You know it's it's colonizing it's i'm gonna colonize this body i'm gonna i'm gonna take over this body. so it's it's um reproduction of that kind of thinking and it's so so much more exciting to open our minds and 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 our desires to something more expansive more fulfilling
0: because sex is supposed to be sex is not (sighs) let me speak for myself now I'm going to embarrass my wife. No, I'll speak for myself. F- fulfilling sex is not that brutal. You know the stuff that you see on some of these sites—that brutal, uh, you know, um, manhandling—and I think that that's a good word for it: manhandling of a woman, uh, 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 brutalizing uh, thing that that you see in modern porn. That's not fulfilling. That's not. That's not real life for a lot of people. But the sad thing is, is that it is becoming real life. Because think about that 12, 13 year old boy who watches porn for the first time and that's what he sees. Mm-hmm. Think about how that is going to shape his thoughts mm-hmm. about sex as he, as he goes through puberty and, and into manhood. And also think about what that kind of porn will do for a young 12, 13 year old girl who sees that. What is that going to do to her view of herself as a young woman going through puberty and into adulthood. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's, I think we can agree. It's extremely destructive the way porn is today.
1: And and you see now that kids down to nine years old have access to it on their phones yes. and this is it's the frightening. first thing they see. And, and if you put that in, in conjunction with a, a non-existent sex education, um, that is just trouble in the making. For, for future for the future, so so we need to act now, and we need to have proper uh, sexual sex ed at schools, and and what uh, age
0: should that start?
1: Oh, when they're four or five years old, and and, and of course you, you you that kind of education it is, um, oh, what's the word in English? And you, you adapt it to the age group. So when you're four or five, you talk about body parts. You give them their no. name, the names of the body parts, and you talk about uh, con- uh, body autonomy. So this is my body; nobody's allowed to touch my body. Only me, and you know that that sort of thing. So You don't go into. It's not porn. That's the problem because in our in our minds we think, oh, sex that is porn. We're gonna we're gonna pollute the children's minds. Uh, that's not. But what sex it is.
0: is not porn. Right. No. So what? Do you, but how do you explain that to the parent who, uh, who says, "How dare you teach my five, six, eight, ten-year-old child about sex? How dare you? Why do you think that's necessary? Why can't I teach my child?" What do you say to a parent who has that approach to it?
1: Well, it's uh, I I I'd be curious about how they would teach their children and what they know and and what they, it is they're afraid of. Because, I mean, there's a fear behind that, first of all, like, I don't want you to teach my children. So what is your fear? What is it? What's your thinking behind? What do you imagine sex education is going to be? And I would like to hear that out before uh, I I
0: Some people, some of these parents have that old puritanical uh, view about sex. uh, definitely don't have it until you're married. And if you're not going to have sex until you're married, why should you even talk about it before you're married? Mm. Uh, least of all when you're in in third grade. Right. You know that's the view. That's the view that a lot of, uh, especially back home in the states, mm-hmm. um, a lot of right leaning, conservative leaning parents are going to have that view. Right.
1: Yeah. And I
0: guess my my answer, and I'm far from a therapist, but <clears throat> but my somewhat uh, informed. Actually, I'm very informed my very informed opinion on that would be it's important to have some level of sex education at a very early age, because kids are exposed to Mm. uh, sex uh, in in very improper ways at very young ages. So you have to educate them Mm. is my idea to protect them. Yeah. Like you say like you say talking simple, sex education doesn't mean showing a penis being inserted into a vagina mm-hmm. uh, I mean it can be that but it doesn't have to be like at like you say at the age of, of you know whatever you know first second grade you start talking about body parts and your your identity mm-hmm. within this body mm-hmm. your ownership of your own body and how you should be able to live with the expectation that others are going to respect your body Yes. And your wishes about what you want done and don't want done to it. So that's that would be my answer to that conservative parent that says, why should we be educating children on sex? Yeah, there's my answer right there. It's for protection,
1: right? Well, yes, protection and and uh, self-esteem. I mean, the more you know about yourself, oh, yes. the better you feel about yourself as well. And who, don't you want to raise the generation of, of, of uh, compassionate and empath- empathetic uh, wise young children
0: I saw it so many times I saw it too many times during my years as a police officer Mm -hmm. um when I specialized in um uh juvenile policing you know for 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 kids uh way too many kids both boys and girls you know you're talking about self-confidence and self-image they were exposed to some form of sexual abuse Mm -hmm. at a very young age and I was uh, I was a police officer long enough, um, roughly seven years, to where I could see some of those kids who, for whom I was an advocate, when they were abused at the age of maybe five or six, and I watched them grow up over five, six, seven more years, and just see that downward spiral of, of self-esteem, uh, uh, you know, the piling on with compound psychological issues Mm. and it's just a horrible experience so i can't help but think all these years later that had that child had some form of education about what is proper and improper and 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 speaking directly on issues of self-confidence that child might have might have been able to be saved Mm. or at least helped in some way after right the effect. I mean, it's such it's such a complex thing, but I think ignoring it is not the right thing to do.
1: Mm, I, I agree with you. Now, this during this time, uh, that's one of the one of the main concerns for for children that are stuck at home in unsafe situations. Um, and yeah. sometimes you can't. I mean, information definitely helps because if the child knows that what has happened to that to him to her. Uh, to them that this is not normal uh knowing yeah. that there is uh something out there someone out there an institution or, or help uh, a person out there that can that can confirm that to you and and help you get out it's it's such a, an, an amazing help uh but yeah because it's in the, the
0: opposite yeah and the opposite is so heartbreaking to think that there are children out there who really don't understand what has happened to them Mm. they don't even know that what has happened to them is wrong Mm. they have it in their poor little minds this image of this being normal Mm -hmm. because some adult whom they trust is the actual perpetrator of the trauma against them how is that poor little child supposed to know that this is wrong unless there's some form of education and Mm. guidance from adults so that that child learns that this is not proper this is not supposed to happen
1: yeah and that, that goes back it's, it's to the goes back it is yeah that goes back to the idea of, of a secure base so if yeah. you, your home is supposed to be your secure base but if it's not your secure base the, 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 the we need to be able to provide it elsewhere we need to have, create the, 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 the spaces for for people to go out there and, and, and be safe yeah and education I, is part of it.
0: Sure, I had some numbers that I that I used on another podcast episode, but it's frightening Mm -hmm. how the incidences of domestic abuse have gone way up both here in Norway and back in the United States. Mm -hmm. And then the instances of child abuse, both physical, emotional or sexual abuse Mm -hmm. have gone up even more. It's it's it's
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Welcome to COVID. Welcome to the COVID times.
1: Yeah. I I was watching the news the other day and they were saying about how here in in Norway, people who have never been violent towards their children suddenly are losing it. And that's also got to do with isolation and the increased frustration of um, whether you've lost your job or the the, the insecurity of what's going to happen. And eventually it, it, it implodes and explodes
0: you know and I uh, you know I was talking about how I've kind of settled into this new reality of being at home and being isolated Mm -hmm. and and I and I talk about that not to brag you know I I consider myself extremely blessed Mm -hmm. uh, in all ways and it's to me it's such a blessing to have been home and been isolated um, with my wife with my children this extra time with the kids when it comes to schoolwork you know they're you know right now as i speak on the other side of my studio wall uh my daughter is sitting there and then next to her my son is sitting and they're doing their schoolwork Mm -hmm. and when i'm done with this episode i'll go in i'll check on them and they can ask me questions and i'm more available Mm -hmm. um for that scholastic bit of their tiny little lives much more now than i was before covid and through that it has just opened up another door in that father child connection
1: wonderful. and i say
0: this again not to brag mm-hmm. but to but to to count my to count my blessings and put it out there and hope that some parents who and i know there's parents who are struggling they're struggling with identity they're struggling financially you know mm-hmm. career wise if you can find and I'm speaking directly to those adults out there, if you can find the blessing, find that new door that can open uh, to a new connection with your children, with your husband or wife, and try and exploit that. This is a time of loss, it's a time of frustration, but it can also be a time of a new discovery.
1: Mm, yes, that's really beautiful, absolutely. I think if, if people- I truly feel can, that. It's. It, it, I think maybe it has to do with I don't know, you tell me, but you, you seem to have time to to do your own thing, to be in your, in your, you have a space for yourself and then you can nurture and then you can go out and give, right?
0: That time for myself is so mm-hmm. important. I, um, I've talked about this before. Every day I take at least 10 minutes, <clears throat> sometimes longer, sometimes as long as an hour where I, I, I sit by myself whether it's here in my studio or out in the living room on the couch, or sometimes I'll just crawl into the bed, 10 minutes of, of, you know, call it what you want. I call it all things, meditation, prayer, uh, solitude, uh, deep thinking, relaxation. And I try to practice non-thinking and I try to find, um, well, I don't try to find it, but I try to allow peace to come to me. And it's I'm telling you, people. You, I know there's people out there who are shaking their heads. Oh my gosh, that's so metaphysical. It's weird. It's so uh, uh, left wing. uh, uh, You know, new line craziness. Call it what you want, but I call it health. (laughs) I call it growth. Mm -hmm. I call it peace. And if people would just take that 10 minutes for themselves, you will be so refreshed, you'll find that you have more time and energy Mm. for others. Mm. Yeah, it works. It works. And and I get it. People that people are so people are so consumed with frustration right now that you feel you may feel like you don't have time for your spouse or for your kids. Okay. You know, who am I to say that you don't have that time? That is your reality. But I'm just throwing out that suggestion of just taking ten minutes mm. for meditation, prayer, whatever you want to call it—ten minutes for yourself—and see what it does. Mm. I, 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 live by that. I live by that, and it's helped me.
1: Yeah, it's it's a mindful way of of, of being and being present. Uh, that's a, that's a wonderful Absolutely. wonderful way of doing it because sometimes that's all you need to keep going uh, for for yeah. the day there's some there's a really lovely exercise that um, can be done in the morning and it doesn't require you yeah. to have a yoga mat or anything like that but it is it is for you to give yourself a little time out um, if yeah. you can if you have the, the chance to to walk even if it's around your house or your neighborhood leave your devices you know leave, leave your phone uh, drop that yeah, phone leave it drop at, that phone and go out for 5 or 10 minutes and then do a, the the exercise of noticing so and you can stop on the way. You're like, oh, that that's a flower. I haven't seen that flower before. It's got those petals. And just basically notice, observe, notice, and then release. And then you move into the next yeah. thing. And then look at it with childlike wonder. Uh, just like uh, 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 you see kids in the street suddenly stopping it because they saw a bird. Uh, that sort of connecting yeah. to that kind of energy uh, could be really and breathe. Definitely, we yeah. forget to
0: and breathe. breathe and breathe yes
1: yeah well it's 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 uh
0: it's very giving Mm. to do that uh i'm a believer in having um, focused focus first and foremost on myself Mm. because i need to put myself in as solid a position as possible if i'm ever going to be of any use to anybody else Mm. right so there's no ego in that there's Mm. no of course, there's an ego, but there's no negative egoism in that. Um, uh, some people are afraid to look at themselves. Some people are afraid to take that time for themselves. But it may be uncomfortable to start. It may be a little bit weird to start. But I guarantee you, if, if, if people can just learn to do that, take that time for themselves, whether it's a walk outside with no phone or, or, or sitting down, you know, actively taking that step to sit down, be still and stop thinking. Mm. Um, Right. It's not going to hurt.
1: It is. It's, it's uh, this. Uh, what does it take? 21 days, 21 days to create a new habit. So if if you do that for 21 days, whether it's that walk around, around 10 minutes. Yeah, 20, ten, 10 minutes a day. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. See what happens. What, what, what kind of new ideas? What kind of new energy uh, do you get? Do you have more energy for for the things that you really want to do. Um, how creative are you feeling after that uh, i I've, I've done the, the those exercises and i've um i've done some wonderful things after that <laughs> and the, the best thing yeah, about it's yeah. feeling good i think that's the best reward yes going from not feeling yeah. so great to feeling quite good um
0: have you ever experienced going into a session um with a client and you're not quite ready because you may be preoccupied with your own troubles
1: i i, have this, I, I see that as mm, an
0: enormous challenge mm, if i would if i were to be in a position as yours an enormous challenge to clear away my own mess so that i can help someone else deal with theirs mm, as a therapist
1: yeah what do you say to well, that well life is always happening so you can yeah you can when i i did my training it's it's over a decade ago. Uh, uh, my master's in psychotherapy and and we were in in weekly therapy so we were as we were training as we were studying we were also going to weekly individual therapy sessions so we had to work on our own stuff Ah, and so we got into the habit of that and the practice of that um to always be thinking about okay so what am i feeling now what's going on what's happening and then we also learned when when you uh and, and it becomes a natural way of doing it after you've been doing it for so long. Is that you you take it into? A, I have a metaphorical box where I I put all whatever it is that I'm thinking that's from my life, and I put this in this little imaginary box, and I place it outside the therapy room, yeah. and then I can take it back later. But then my focus is completely on the client and.
0: that visual mantra is very helpful to visualize that actual packing away and placing aside, putting that into a visual context. Yeah.
1: So it's all outside. And, and, and then I have another um, mantra that I say to myself, uh, how can I be of service today? That's it. Yes.
0: See, and that fits with what I was saying. It's, it's so important for me anyway, to be as fit mentally emotionally physically you know i have my things in order for myself so that i can be in that best possible position to be of service mm. to someone else um i guess that goes back to what i was talking about the thought of the collective mm. um don't we want the weakest of us to be as strong as possible don't we want the most mentally confused of us to be as well put together mentally as possible because if, if the collect, if the worst or the, the, the most uh, belabored of the of, of, of our society is lifted just a little bit, isn't that good for everyone?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? I agree with you. And I, and, I,
0: and, I, and, I, and I say that to these people here in Norway and in the United States who are so anti all things collective. Mm-hmm um um this this word socialist is being thrown around uh like a curse word yeah it's being thrown around like a curse word and and i don't know i guess i i I distance myself from the political connotations of that word and concept and look at it more as a straightforward social concept what's wrong with wanting everybody to have things a little bit better Mm. what's wrong with that who is that hurt yeah that's nobody nobody that i can see
1: Right.
0: Oh. That's not political. That's social. That's life. That's
1: yeah. Hmm. Well, that's not party politics, perhaps, but it is political if you think that everything is political. Uh, and yeah, maybe we differ in opinion here, but um, I believe that absolutely everything is political. The fact that I I can work uh, okay. is because I'm a because I'm a woman is because there were women before me, the suffragettes who who, who fought for our rights to. To vote and to work and to you know the fact that we have weekends that weekends we didn't have weekends before it is because the workers work fought for it sure, so it's sure. a, it's all a politi- political political them the movements all the rights that we, civil rights civil rights is politics but it's not sure, party sure. politics so it's not like belonging to one particular political party.
0: I I understand. But I guess the sad thing is, is that I guess why I distance myself from the politicization of things that I just believe are right or wrong Mm -hmm. is because those right and wrongs have become party political. Mm -hmm. Um, To be anti racist uh, in the United States is looked upon as a weakness Mm -hmm. by the conservative people in the United States. Yeah. And to me, that's just crazy. They've made that a political issue. Yeah. So okay, you know, if if, if, if it's going to take accepting that that's a political issue, uh, you know, to further a debate and to further change, okay, great. But I guess what I'm saying is, is that it's sad yeah. that that has been made into a political issue, because yeah. it should be a question of right and wrong. Yeah. And right should not be Republican or Democrat, and wrong should not be Republican or Democrat. Right is right, and wrong is wrong. Period. Regardless of party affiliation, mm. is what I'm saying. But yes, it's a sad fact. I, you know, I, I can't deny that politics play a role in social change. It's just sad sometimes the way it has been split along political lines.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Did I explain that right? I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I think I, I understand. I understand what you mean because also you. You're coming from the perspective from the states, which is very binary. You have Democrats exactly. and Republicans, and basically that's that's your two camps. Um, yeah, yeah. And within within those two camps, you also have a very different views. I mean, you, you can have
0: sure. You,
1: you have a AOC on one side, and then and then you have Pelosi on the other, and it's very um, very different. Um, I, I like to look at it from- We could few, almost have
0: four parties. Yeah? We could almost have four parties in the States.
1: Right.
0: There's two different sets of Democrats and two different sets of Republicans. Mm. We could have four parties if we dared to do yeah. it. So,
1: <laughs> right. So I, I look at it from a, from a psychological and a sociological point of view and, and a historical point of view of, of how, um, how we, how we move, how we progress. And it's often and mostly the progression has been from those who are oppressed, who are sick of being oppressed and pushing forward to look at us. We're human. Basically, that's it. We're human. We should be having equal rights.
0: Yeah. Who are the oppressed in Norway? Who is going to bring about change in Norway? Because, um, from my point of view i just don't see people very engaged mm. i just don't i i maybe it's me like i said i'm enjoying sitting here doing pretty pretty much my own thing here No, all but my eyes are open i do see what's going on i'm familiar with the issues but but i i, I miss a little bit of um a little bit of that radical uh, engagement that is burning for change? I'm sure people are out there, but what organization is
1: out there? There are so, There are organizations doing it, but, but the, I think that when we are comfortable, we don't want to rock the boat. And there's a lot of people that are comfortable right now and not enough, um, even in the discomfort, comfort comforted by the, the discomfort so that they won't be um, there won't be any major riots so to speak uh, at, at this point because of that uh, I think we'll see more in perhaps Sweden uh, before Sweden,
0: it they're not afraid to they're not afraid to get out in the streets in March mm-hmm. and March uh, and make their uh, desires known but yeah that is missing in Norway. I mean People will go out and march in order, but not in the numbers and not in the force that we see in Sweden. I wonder why that is.
1: It's a, there's a, this a culture of, of compliance. Uh, yeah. And, and it, it has worked very well for, you know, to organize this country yeah. so that things, things can, it's a bit of the dugnut, uh, the, the word of, of uh, the word of yeah. the day. <laughs> it's that spirit
0: Dugnad, americans <laughs> Dugnad, non-norwegian speakers d-u-g-n-a-d look it up and see what kind of definition you get
1: yeah so it's that kind of spirit like okay i'll, I'll do this for the for that old vision we had of the of, of, of yeah. the, the community that we're no longer part of because not people are not i see it that like the others which is the people who do not fall fall into the, the cultural norms, you get ostracized if you don't do not fall into yeah. it. So you have to assimilate. You call they call it integration, but it is assimilation. And eventually, that assimilation uh, becomes so you start either hating yourself or hating the the culture you were, you assimilated to, and then you start segregating yourself You just split from yeah. it, and and that alienation that it, it, it provokes it could you can have radicalization on one side or when it comes to uh, um, religious radicalization or you can have political radicalization and a political ra- radicalization would create a a, a, a riot or, or get people to march mm-hmm. in the streets but I, I don't think what, what unites a a political radicalization is is a vision. And I don't think we have a vision uh, yet here of what kind of world we wanna live in, what kind of world we wanna work towards. And it's still too individualistic. It's still too, I'm gonna fend for myself because nobody else cares about me. So I'll just do it myself. So I don't see it. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't see it right now. I don't think
0: you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. And maybe that, in, in that sense, we probably agree, I'm thinking, because again, I, I'm kind of missing that, that stronger, more vocal element that desires significant change in Norway. And I, I wonder if people are just too comfortable. Mm. Is Norway so good? Is it such yeah. a good place to live that it's kind of natural that there's not that radical force for change here in Norway? I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah no, I, I, believe definitely that comfort is, is a, a, like, a, like a sleeping pill sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> it makes yeah. us just stay there. What well, would you? Hmm?
0: What, a, what aspect of Norwegian society or culture or politics would you like to see change <laughs> the most?
1: Well, I can tell you that right now I'm quite terrified of what I'm, I'm seeing. Um, every day there are, there are messages coming out there that. It makes me go. Hang hey, on, isn't anybody else listening to this? You know the 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 idea of um, what was the suggestion? Well, that undocumented migrants should not get medical help. Yes. Yeah. And it's just uh, it's just out of this world. How can we? How can that be proposed in, in, in Parliament? How is this a thing? How are we reverting to fascist thinking? And and it it's because it's already there in the society when one of the parties that has been part of the of government uh, proposes this to to it dehumanizes uh, yeah. undocumented migrants even more um, when the, the 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 potential new leader of the of the progressive party the Samtskheviya uh Writes that um, that receiving fifty my uh, fifty uh, for, uh, refugees from the Moria camps, uh, it's such an abhorrent thing to do because there are grandparents here who cannot see their grandchildren in Spain, and I mean these kinds of messages they provoke feelings of uh, people feel understood by this. People who are living in yes. small, smaller areas perhaps, who do not have contact with people from other countries, who do not have contact with, with refugees, they latch onto this information thinking, well, yes, it's bad. It's really bad. We should not be doing that because we as grandparents want to go to Gran Canaria and we can't do it because the borders yeah. are closed. But Then yeah. we are receiving all these migrants and, and refugees. And so the humanity disappears and the humanity is disappearing every single day in these debates when they say they're going to to do a, a Norwegian tests on five-year-olds who are multilingual perhaps <laughs> and we know that yeah. multilingual kids yeah. they learn in a different way but they're a m- huge yeah. asset to society once out absolutely there. but instead they're going to be giving exams and tests so that they can check whether their yeah. Norwegian is good enough and you think what? Well, What do you mean with Norwegian? Are you talking Ninos? Are you talking Bukmole? Are you talking dialect? Which dialect? Is that correct? How is your Norwegian? So every single day there's something in the news that is taking the direction of politics in Norway into a fascist fascist direction, and that is terrifying. And I'd rather see it going a different way.
0: It's very terrifying. Um, You know, you (laughs) and I sit here and we talk about that, and we agree on the inhumanity of that line of thinking. Mm. Uh, And you and I are very smart, intelligent people, but we're not, I mean, we're, 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 we can't be that much smarter than someone like uh, Sylvie Lustelk. And yet she says the things she says. And what gets me is that she and other politicians like her um and i see this back home in the states they sit in these positions of power and influence Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um you know i I don't believe that there is a single racist out there that does not know that what they are saying is wrong right so and i'm not saying syruville is a racist she may very well be a lot of people think she is i want to be nice and not call her a racist but i will say that she's being extremely irresponsible in her rhetoric when she has the power and influence that she has and I can never understand what would make a human being say those types of things and take away the humanity of fellow human beings Mm. who cares if they're not a Norwegian citizen they're an earth citizen they are a human being just like you how can she just disregard because I know she knows that the things she says will cause harm to people she knows that but she says it anyway
1: so when you think you're better than others and based on where you're born or the color of your skin that is supremacy that's just simple yeah. i am supreme i am better than others Oh, but white supremacy doesn't exist <laughs>
0: come on you black and brown people stop being so sensitive come on right? you have just as much opportunity and power as i do
1: <laughs> right right So that is one of the that oh there is there is so much to to work with and it can be exhausting. Uh, There is it can be quite exhausting. So that's also if you have that in addition, if you have if you are if you are othered uh, in addition uh, during this this pandemic, it's also extra important to take that time out to recharge because once this is over. yeah we we are gonna have to have uh, uh, have to fight in this in this society for yeah. our right to exist um, as as human beings as like equal human beings
0: well, we can't let these things get out of control we we have to keep a, a a certain amount of focus on these issues yeah. and i get it all the time people tell me i talk too much about racism or i talk too much about equality i talk too much about uh you know uh uh uh, white supremacy and things like that i've lost friends over over these things over the past year year and a half um there's this thing going around that where where people are saying that anyone who talks about those things well you know what it makes me uncomfortable so i've got to distance myself from you right and to me that's cowardice that's weakness you're weak and you're a coward if you can't handle a simple discussion, because it really is a simple discussion. It's really not worse than that. Uh, have that discussion, and I think a lot of misconceptions and a lot of ill will can be made right mm. just from more discussion. Right? Yeah. Not every time, but very often, a simple discussion with the the so-called opposing side. Will lead to some sort of re- resolution at some level, and, or at least a better understanding.
1: Yeah, and and the not having the shutting down and not having the conversation from from that yeah. side also says, also confirms it. I am actually racist. Sure, <laughs> sure. but but if you, if you can you take that you can racist. Say, yeah. <laughs> but if you say, okay, looks like I have some raci- ra- racist racist attitudes. Um, mm-hmm. I need to work on this. That's a whole different ball game. That we're opening it up and we're we're doing. I mean, of course, we have been trained in 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 a in a in a white supremacist colonialism, Europe. Everything our history is built upon racism. That's what it is. Yeah, so we have to dismantle it, it. And if we don't look at it, if we don't talk about it, if we don't look in the mirror and say. Which racist structures have I internalized and what am I benefiting from? If we don't look into that, then we're just continuing, we're perpetuating this existence that are keeping people oppressed.
0: Here's how bad it got for me last summer. Um, uh, and, and this shows how just the, the you know the audacity of a black or brown person to discuss these kind of things, how it can lead to that alienation from the greater white society. Um, I was saying um, quite clearly, uh, loudly but and often, but very clearly uh, in a non-confrontational way that I thought it was a beautiful thing to see so many white faces in fact very often and most most often a white majority uh in the groups that were protesting in the streets in america i thought that was beautiful but you know what me saying that i lost so many friends both online friends and I don't know non-on you know offline friends yeah. people walked away from me because I dared to talk about race yeah. and here I am talking about race in quite a positive way yeah. there's nothing accusatory towards anyone with white skin when I say I thought it was a beautiful thing to see so many white faces in the streets protesting yeah. Uh, 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 for 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 racial equality under the law in the United States, isn't that a I think that's a beautiful mm-hmm. statement. It is a it is a very um, non-aggressive observation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Quite the opposite. It is very encompassing and and welcoming and positively formulated. Mm-hmm. But people walked away from me, people ran away from me
1: right.
0: for daring, and I put that in air quotes uh, to, to bring up that issue. No. What, what is that thing? What is that thing where some white people, they just they just can't have the conversation no matter how it's formulated?
1: Uh, I think there's a book about it called White Fragility that talks about yes. <laughs> that. <laughs> uh,
0: that's on my uh, that's on my watch list. Yes. I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm going to read that book. Yeah.
1: Right. So um, it is it's a bit that um, we're afraid to look at ourselves. And, and, and we project, and uh, now I'm looking at it from a psychological perspective. I haven't, um, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm, from a psychological perspective, we, in order to survive, we believe ourselves to be good, right? So anything that's bad about us, we try to, uh, we, we push away to the shadow. And the shadow becomes that place that holds all our unexplored parts of ourselves. But that shadow gets, the, the aspects of that shadow gets triggered when we see it outside in the external world. So what we see, what we don't like, what we do like, and then we go and project that onto that person or thing. Okay. Uh, when we are confronted with that, saying, No, no, this is actually about you, then that becomes a terrifying prospect. Oh my God, I believed I was this good person and and having these attitudes that i'm being presented with means that i am not that good person that i thought i was and if i start believing that then i don't know who i am that's too much that's too that that's the fragility that's too much to be able to handle so i shut it out and i'm still gonna get angry with you but i don't want to talk to you i just want you to disappear from my from my view, because I'm comfortable in my bubble of where I am good. I'm a good person, a nice person.
0: So should we as black and brown people, um, what should we do with that? Should we make it easier for white people and soften up the message even more? No. Should we not have the discussion at all? Should we just walk away from them and just internalize the discussion? Or should we continue to search for ways to pull white people in as allies in the struggle for racial equality?
1: It's not our job. It's hard enough to exist in the world. But um, um, it's, ti- it's
0: tiring. It's, it's tiring. tiring. I got very tired this summer. I got very tired uh-huh. this past summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah,
1: it's very tiring. So I, I um, it's same with um with the other uh, discussion, the, the parallel discussion of being being a woman and being harassed. I don't know if you've been uh, seeing the news in in the UK of, of, of Sarah Everard who who disappeared um, in yes. in London, walking home, walking home from a friend's house, and she got kidnapped and assaulted and killed, and yeah. and it's that. And then the report came out that ninety-eight percent of women have experienced sexual harassment. Ninety-eight percent—that's that's really all women, basically. There's two percent that haven't. That say that haven't.
0: Now that number—that number is for women in the UK. Yes,
1: that's number from women in the UK.
0: That—that's—that's incredible. Wow. Yeah. So so. But it's not at the same time as I say. Wow, it's also not hard to believe at all. That's not hard to believe.
1: But. Right, but the, the 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 conversation there is also about. There's always been like, oh, if you're a woman, make sure you don't get raped and don't wear this, don't do that, don't do. You can't say the same. It's the same thing that's being said to to uh, uh, black and brown people, and it's uh, oh, be nicer. <laughs> Except that sometimes yeah. you're gonna yeah. be. It's like no, yeah. we're still gonna have, be on the receiving end of that kind of, of, of abuse. So no, now now let's. And I know they say hashtag not all men or hashtag uh, all lives matter. Uh, it's it's the same kind of uh, rhetoric, uh, but it's we know it's not yeah, all men. It's the, we know that all lives matter, but it is it is you need to take charge, people. You guys need to sort that of that all lives, hmm.
0: yeah, that all lives matter and not all men. That's just uh, that that's a way out for the abuser. That's the abuser trying to deflect the focus, and it's pretty disgusting. So stop it, yeah. people. I mean, it doesn't even help to say stop it because they're going to do it anyway. But, but I just have to vocalize it. It's so disgusting with the all lives matter and
1: the mm. uh,
0: take responsibility, take responsibility.
1: Right. And, and it's, it's wonderful seeing now, uh, that there, are some, there's some guys out there, uh, doing the work and yes. and it's, it's little things. Okay. So you can, you can do little things. And then you can do the big things and the little things. So, like, when if, you, if a woman is walking over, uh, alone at night and you're walking behind her, make sure sh- make some noise or cross the street, because we are yeah. walking around anxious. We don't know when we're going to get attacked. That so we are yeah. on our phones. We call our friends. That's it. That's that's the modus operandi, That's how we work. Um mm-hmm. and and then have conversations get together talk about it amongst yourselves and it's the same with like white people talk about it get together amongst yourselves and and and, and figure out in your life figure out in your families what kind of attitudes what kind of racist attitudes were there what kind of yeah. sexist attitudes are there and and then we can start making changes you know, and, and like I said, you know, I, I was
0: saying this summer, I didn't care that I was getting in trouble and people were w- running away from me. but I say it loud and clear. I think it's beautiful to see that, uh, and, and it's quite true, that there are white people who are, they're getting, they're, they're starting to get it and they're, they're becoming allies and, and, um, and that's a beautiful thing. And yes, there are some men who are starting to get it and they're starting to be allies, um, but not yeah. enough. Yeah, Um, if you have, if you're a man, and you have any kind of a platform or any kind of a position of leadership, the challenge is out there. Why don't you be more outspoken? And I'm not and and please, I hope people don't turn this into this thing where I'm trying to say all uh, straight white men are evil. No, they're (laughs) not. But most straight white men have a significant amount of power Mm. and influence. And my 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 call is for them to use that position of significant power and influence, and use it to push these efforts uh, that women need help in, and that Black and Brown people need help in. Uh, and I think that's what it's going to take. We we have to we just have to have more allies. It's that simple. Right.
1: Um,
0: women have been putting a voice on their issues for decades, for centuries. Okay. But we, there's still a lot of work to go. Black and brown people have putting a voice on their struggles for decades, centuries, but there's still a lot of work to be done. And it's going to take that uh, that dynamic of men, white men who are in the positions of power to bring about significant change. Yes, there has been change for women and for black and brown people, but it hasn't been significant change. And I hope nobody tries to say that the change has been significant. I mean, you don't feel satisfied, do you, Alexa? No, no, no. <laughs> you don't feel you don't and I definitely don't feel satisfied as a black, so there's there's a lot more to do. Mm, definitely. And it should be okay for us to say that. We shouldn't be attacked
1: for saying that. No, no. But it, but every time somebody questions the status quo, they're going to get it. Um, yeah. So So the people who benefit the most from a society that profits from the oppression of others, Those are the people that need to do the change. Those are the yeah. Otherwise, we're still going to be doing this this dance of of violence, violence being perpetuated towards us and us react in reactionary ways because we've had enough. Yeah. So Ah. yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> See, this is why I like talking with you, Lexi. This is this is why I love it. Um, I don't. I, I guess you. I guess it's something of an echo chamber. I mean, we're agreeing on all of these things, but but sometimes an echo chamber is is good. And I guess when you think that this is being broadcast out there or put out there for for potentially you know tens of thousands of people to listen to, listen to maybe we will change a mind here or there mm-hmm. of a person who is in a position to actually foment significant change. I mean, that's, that's why I talk about it Mm. in the hopes that somebody will hear me and, 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 and pick up the ball and run further with it. Mm. That's my hope.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'd like also to, to say that I'm, I'm here for people who need to talk to somebody, um, who perhaps, I know I experienced this when I've needed help and and looked for for a therapist or a doctor or anyone who might understand things from my my point of view. Um, I haven't found a a person who has that uh, experience, capacity, uh, skills, uh, because they're they're trained within one system. And so it is difficult. They might want to, but it is difficult for them to put themselves in this other situation. And, and, yeah. and I am here to, to help or assist in whatever way I can, whether it's through therapy practice or as a person that you can contact uh, that I, I get it. I get it. And I'm here, I'm here to support in any way that I can.
0: That's so beautiful. You know, you are in a true position of service and, and. Um... You know, I, I know you as, as a friend, uh, but I can't help but think you'd be a perfect, perfect therapist uh, with an open heart and open mind for anybody who who, who would need it. How, how would people, and, and I want you to to know that I truly value as a friend. Mm, thank you. I don't think I've ever said that straight up to you, but I truly, I truly value you uh, as yeah, a friend. When I think of the good people that I know in my life, you are, you're top 5 i'll put you in the top 5 oh, well
1: thank you <laughs>
0: and that's a list that's a list that includes my mother my wife and and my two daughters okay so
1: oh that's really beautiful thank you so much you are very important to me too so let's do this on on open on an open channel it's beautiful yeah you know
0: <laughs> um, how do how do people get in touch with you i know there's people out there who need help and maybe somebody sees something mm. in you now that makes them think that you might be the one to, to help them. You might be the good shoulder to lean on, the professional ear to hear what they're struggling with. How do they get in touch uh, with you? They
1: can uh, find me on Instagram. I'm actually quite open there. and um, I What's share your some handle tips. on Instagram? It's at uh, MSAlexandraCoren. Uh, and
0: at Ms. Alexander Coran, Coran. Yes, mm. and that's K O R E N folks. That's right.
1: And then I have a website, and that website is mm. Lexi L A X E E no I E Corren K O R E N
0: L E X I E L E X I E K O R E N
1: dot com dot com yes
0: um i and i have to say i need to i need to give a thumbs up to your instagram uh page i love when you put out instagram stories <laughs> uh, i think i told you the very first instagram story of yours that i saw was just uh it was mind-boggling i've never seen anything like it on instagram that was the one where you were um it looked like you were in your kitchen and you were making something and you were telling a story. I, I strongly suggest for you, Lexi, that you repost that yeah. so it kind of comes to the front of your Instagram. I've, I think that is one of the most amazing Instagram stories that I've ever seen. That's what first brought my attention to you.
1: That was the one with yeah. the the erotic fantasies in the daily, the daily yes. chores. Yes. Right
0: and the the way it made me start thinking about things and how i view well, well i'm not going to say too much I, but i i challenge you to repost that so it kind of comes to the front of your feed and just people you guys you guys need to see this lady and and how she works and how she approaches uh mental health uh how she approaches sexual health <laughs> i
1: i did.
0: what did i say to you that time when i was on stage
1: kaylee uh... huh? muchas gracias
0: (laughs) it's it's beautiful it's just beautiful the way you think and the way you approach things i love it thank you well yeah
1: it's all connected i have this i'm trained before i was a a psychotherapist like i was an actress and so i i used i i I saw that theater had such a great potential to to heal and to help and to obviously tell stories i did a lot of human rights work with uh, with the theater back in the back in the day and and then I, I trained as a as, a psych, as an integrative art psychotherapist so I used I use drama therapy I use music uh, therapy and art therapy and regular talk therapy as well and and then later did my sexology training so it is basically putting all, all of it, all of it into that, that big, wonderful space of, of exploration. So these are all tools that can be used in a, in a meeting uh, or a consultation, but it's all available there for you to be able to express yourself. Because sometimes we don't have words for the things that we are feeling. Um, That's and right. Maybe a, a song might be the thing that that expresses that that <laughs> thing for
0: you. I was just going to say I fall into that uh, constantly. It's something on my mind, maybe it's something I I feel good about. Maybe it's something I'm struggling with. No idea how to say it. Um, I don't really feel comfortable even saying it to my mm. wife. So I'll put it right. in a song. Yes. You know that theatrical mm. theatrical expression, whether it's song, whether it's acting whether it's traditional theater, wow. I mean, there's so much healing mm. in that and being able to express oneself through an art form like
1: that. Yes. It's pretty yeah. cool. It's pretty and, cool. And there's something ritualistic about it. So this ritual and ritual has yes. some, some, something sacred about it. And if we are able to yes. like in these times of, 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 of pandemic during the pandemic to be able to create tiny rituals. So either a ritual with yourself, like the walk around the, around the block for ten minutes or um or a ritual with your partners, partner partners, or so that you can have that mom that romantic ritual there as well. So these little things are really and then you add them up and really can enrich your life. But it's finding the tools to do it. And sometimes you need to go and talk to somebody else who can help you with with that. Yeah. that's that's where 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 i come in (laughs) (laughs) wow
0: well listen i um this has been cool and and um i always have a significant amount of anxiety whenever i dip my toe into a new technological thing so that this video has gone so well (laughs) uh has been a joy
1: for me yeah, let's not jinx so, it uh,
0: that, well, yeah, we're not done yet because yeah, and don't don't forget when we're finished here you yeah, can't hang right, up right, right away right. we gotta <laughs> let the uploading thing but 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 lexi i do uh sincerely want to thank you i really have enjoyed this um uh yet again thank you for your time um thank
1: you yeah. thank you for being you thank you for your friendship yes thank you and and um anytime i mean i can't wait for this to be over um, Head over to Drummond or you come over here as well. So, yeah, be great.
0: Yeah, because that was the original mm. plan. We were gonna have you over here, but then I had to rush in and get that that crazy mm. operation, and that kind of got in the way of things. And now, of course, everything is shut down. But eventually, eventually, I'll bring this old microphone out to <laughs> out to your place in Oslo, or you'll you'll get over here to Drummond in in the studio, and we'll we'll a face-to-face episode i you know i would love to introduce you to my mm. family it's it's a shame to have someone who i admire as much as you and you haven't been in my home <laughs> yet so we got to do something about that as soon as possible we'll do
1: it it's on it's on the, on the list of the wonderful things that are going to happen once this opens up a bit mm-hmm.
0: there you go there you go all right lexi thank you so much for thank your time you. thanks a lot speak to you soon <laughs> and to those who have been listening Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And to those of you who have been listening, thank you for this uh, little uh, moment of togetherness. Uh, Thank you all for your support on uh, the coming home podcast with John Allen. Uh, Check out my website at johnallenpod.com. That's J-O-H-N-A-L-A-N-P-O-D.com. Check me out there. And from there, you'll see me everywhere on social media. I am very active on social media. Okay. Bye, everybody.